Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. This is where we have athletic directors, coaches, and leaders share their own stories and offer some best practices to other leaders. Before we get going with today's interview, we want to acknowledge our partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and We Coach. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give our sponsors their shout out. These are all great companies that I used as an AD or as a coach. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com, talk to one of their pros, start selling your tickets online. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com, start creating custom content for your school's social media channels. It's so easy, even I can do it. Celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. That's gipper.com. We want to thank Huddle for their support. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach their kids to the highest levels. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. They're great ways to display your school record boards for all your teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or to simply tell more compelling stories. Bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to thank Home Campus, the exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the podcast. It's also your one stop for scheduling, student athlete eligibility and clearance, and a lot more. Go to homecampus.com. Find out all the things they can do to help you run your program. That's homecampus.com. We want to thank Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their products today. We want to say thank you to District 1. Go to district1.com and you're going to feel like you've won when you see their custom uniforms their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You're never going to have to buy a complete set of uniforms again when you just need one or two replacements. Go to district1.com, click on the Team Gear button, and you'll get a free quote. That's district1.com. We also want to say thanks, thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including SnapRaise, the best fundraiser out there, Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and a whole lot more. Go to snapraise.com to check it all out. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can create a custom survey for your school that lets you take the pulse of your student athletes and your parents. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent, your principal, or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We have truly got a cool guest today. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Asia Mape. If that name is not familiar with you, shame on you. Asia, among other things, uh, was a Division One basketball player, but she also uh, very active in sports media. She's a four-time Emmy-winning sports journalist. 
Uh, she's worked with, I'm just going to run down part of the list, ESPN, uh, Fox, TNT, the NFL Network. Uh, she's covered five Olympics, okay? uh, a couple of Super Bowls, and a lot more. But we have her on today to talk about the organization that she founded several years ago. I love to watch you play. Uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about the origin behind that and some of the things that they're doing. But Asia May, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hello, I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, as I mentioned before, you and I started recording, you know, I, I came across the website, I think it was through one of your recent tweets, and we're going to talk about that tweet uh, later on. But uh, thank you so much for spending time with us. For our listeners, we're recording this on July 24th, so it's going to be very timely when you're listening to it. Uh, but let's go and jump right in. Asia, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests so give us that quick bio, where you were born, uh, where you grew up. Uh, we like to start out with uh, maybe your own high school and, and college experience. Then we'll take a quick break and hear more. But uh, what's the Asia Mape origin story? Well, you know, I, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and um, my mom was a single mom. And my brothers and I kind of ran around the streets of Detroit and played a lot of sports. And, you know, we, we didn't have the greatest sort of home life at that point. And so I think I kind of used sports to escape and to kind of just, I don't know, I felt, I felt good. I was pretty good at them. And so the more I played, the better I got. And it, it built a lot of confidence for me. It was a good distraction. And, you know, eventually I got a lot of opportunities from playing sports, um, we ended up moving my mom. She's amazing and put herself through college and got a job in Washington, D.C., working for the governor of Michigan. And we moved the family. And so things were getting better and better. And, and the opportunities kept arising. I, you know, I was really interested in basketball and, you know, I'd lay at night in my bed and just work on the rotation of my shot over and over. I, I, I was pretty dedicated. Um, and like I said, I think it was a really good distraction at first. Um, but then, you know, like we, I started to, you know, I got into club sports a little bit back then. We didn't do it as much, um, but my high school team was really good. And we won a state championship in Annandale, Virginia, 1988, Annandale High School. Um, and then, you know, I had a lot of offers from colleges and ended up, I wasn't going to play. I was just going to go um, into journalism, but decided last minute to um, uh, go to Coastal Carolina and play basketball. And, and it was great. Eventually, I ended up stopping basketball and transferring to Michigan, where I you know, got a degree in communications um, and jumped right into sports television. And I spent more than 20 years working in sports television. And it was a great life. It really was until I had my own children. Um, and I was approached by a friend I worked at. She was an on-air person at NFL Network about starting. I love to watch you play. And at that time, I had three kids in sports, and it was pretty crazy. And we were trying to sort through it. And we decided, um, you know, let's do some content. Let's help parents um, with all this, these different challenges they face. And at the time, I thought, well, I've had all this experience and I've worked in sports and I've seen the best and I've been around sports my whole life. My bridesmaids were all my um, fellow teammates. I mean, sports have touched every aspect of my life, but I'll tell you what, Jake, I thought I would be great and I thought I would be helping other parents with the website and I've helped myself just as much. Yeah, uh, and we're going to go into uh, I Love to Watch You Play uh, later on. Uh, it, it's going to be the biggest part of this interview. But let's uh, go back a little bit to, you know, those days, uh, you know, as a high school athlete. Uh, you mentioned you got involved a little bit with club, but did you do other sports or were you just focused on basketball, you know, during your high school years? Well, growing up, I played everything. I mean, back then, you know, we were running around in the streets. We would play baseball. We would play. I mean, you just move your body. We're moving our bodies in a million different directions at the park, in the streets with our friends. Um, organized wise, I played softball a little bit when I was um, in youth sports, but maybe just a year or two. And then when I was in high school, a bunch of friends wanted to go out for the softball team. And I thought, well, I'll just do it to be with my friends. Um, 
and end up making varsity and they were all on JV. And, you know, I was started as first base and the coach would make me come out there early and work on my hitting. Cause I really didn't have much practice. I think I was just sort of naturally athletic. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, I um, was going to play again. And I'm telling you, I'm not proud of this, but I would see all my friends driving past, going to the lake after school, doing all the, I was like, I'm done. Like I softball, you know, springtime, it was nice out. And so I stopped softball and just focused on basketball at that point. Oh boy. I, I'm having flashbacks uh, myself uh, to high school. I, I did track in the spring. It would be the same thing. I'd see friends, you know, they take off after school, they're headed <laughs> out to the lake. I'm, just, oh, and I'm out here doing, you know, 400 repeats. Oh my goodness. Um, Quick question. Cause this can really be a, a, a rabbit hole. You know, you were a college athlete as you're, as you were aware that your college playing days were winding down. Was there any sort of, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, these are my words, you know, crisis. Oh my gosh, I'm no longer an athlete anymore. Or was it, hey, I'm ready to move on to other things. So I had a unique journey around all that. So our high school team, as I said, won a state championship. And back then you really were recruited through high school. And so, you know, we got a lot of attention and I got a lot of letters from big programs. I, at that point, you know, there was no WNBA and I'm not saying I would have made it in the WNBA by any means, but like, there wasn't a lot of like, where are we going to go with this? And I was really focused on journalism and I got into Boston university and I thought done, I'm in, I'm ready to go. And I had two brothers in college at that point, getting a ton of financial aid and I just didn't really get any. And I come to find out, I guess Boston university doesn't have a huge alumni association that endows it very well. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. And I called my coach. I was in California visiting my dad and I was like, who still wants me for basketball? Um, so it was sort of like, it wasn't in my heart in the very beginning. Um, so it was like two teams had scholarships. I was also sort of like, and I'm only going to play division one, like looking back now, I laugh and I would never tell anyone else that, but that was how it was in my mind. And so there were two schools like Towson state or, or university of Maryland, Baltimore County or something in coastal Carolina. And I was like, well, it's on the beach. Let's do it. And I guess what I'm saying is my heart, wasn't really into it but here's the twist on this story I played a year the coach was really hardcore like you know anyone you were friends with she'd split you up on the bus like it was just like anywhere you could kind of find joy she was like kind of taking it away and so I didn't I didn't love it and I decided I was done but I missed it so much and I transferred to the University of Michigan and I would play basketball in the little rec center there with all the girls on the team and I was like I can hang with them and I went to the coach's office I was going to rejoin um, it was the first time I'd never not been on a team you know and it was hard and I didn't like it um, and I waited and I waited the coach was out at a lunch he never came back and I took it as a sign that it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, I really regret it these days. So looking back at at the time, I thought, okay, well, it's not meant to be, but you only have a short amount of time in your life to compete at that level, to have those kinds of experiences. And so looking back, I really do regret that I didn't play all four years somewhere. Oh, oh gosh, I, I hope I don't, uh, you know, I'm not the cause of bringing up those bad memories, but uh, no, it's not uh, a bad memory. Uh, um, for listeners, uh, our guest today is Asia Mape. Uh, she was a college basketball player, but a very impressive career as a sports journalist and an even more impressive career as a mom and the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. Uh, athletic directors, you're very familiar with that phrase because we use a lot. Uh, with the NIAAA curriculum. So we're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, 
you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. Hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. It's the official social media graphic solution for the podcast. And the Gipper team is going to help you to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds, and it's so easy, even I can do it. Celebrate your teams and promote your athletes. Gipper is used by over 3,000 colleges and high schools across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest, again, is Asia Mape, uh, college basketball player, uh, professional journalist, and the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later, but I want to dive into uh, your career, your journalism career. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, I rattled off some of your, uh, you know, journalistic accomplishments, you know, little things like a four-time Emmy winner, uh, covering <laughs> Olympics, covering Super Bowls. Uh, you talked in the previous segment about your journalism degree and jumping right into it. Um, let's take a deeper dive. How did that all play out and, and maybe share some of your experiences? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I was always really interested and motivated. Um, when I was playing basketball at Coastal, I started working for the local newspaper newspaper there, the um, the, what was it? Something Sun, the Sun Times, I think. And I would do the high school roundups, actually. I would come in late at night after practices or whenever I could or on the weekends. And I would cover the, the high school sports and I would just write like little paragraphs about the, the big matchups of the week. And I really loved it. You know, I had done a one um, internship in a news situation and you know I can remember chasing around ambulances and people hoping there was a serious accident and I was like this is not for me so you know I already loved sports and played sports and so I kind of made that decision then like I'm going to do sports journalism um, and so yeah I think the thing with journalism and why kind of one of the reasons I stopped playing sports is you really need hands-on experience um, it's not a kind of job like a a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant where you kind of go through your school and then you get your job. You really need practice and connections. And so I really got focused on that and um, transferred to the University of Michigan and worked also for their media services, not in sports, but just in media services. So I was always kind of had a, dipping my toe into it, trying to make those connections and trying to learn. Um, and then act Actually, when I graduated, the day I graduated from Michigan, I drove out to California. I had spent my summers here because my dad lived in California um, and quickly realized that Michigan doesn't mean nearly as much when you're in Southern California. It's all about USC and UCLA um, and had no ends anywhere and, you know, just spent a lot of time trying to get my foot in the door. And finally, I got my big break at Fox Sports Net, which at the time was Prime Sports. Um, and I got hired as an intern and then eventually worked my way up to um, associate producer, feature producer, and decided at some point I wanted to go and try other networks and travel the world. And, and I really did. And I, I, I can't, there's really very little I can even complain about that life. I mean, as someone who loves sports, you're on the sideline, you're in the locker rooms, you're sitting down with some of the most impactful important people in sports and the list of people that I've been face to face with is just jaw-dropping to myself you know and I I think back as a young woman how you know I don't know I feel like it was pretty bold back then sitting down with some of these people and and um, learning about them and you know understanding what makes them tick and what drives them and what inspires them and it was just a great life. And, you know, like I said, traveling the world. Um, I think my favorite job was probably working NBA sidelines for TNT. Um, that I, I love that organization. I would, 
get to deal with Charles and the crew and um, by by a remote because I was always at a uh, game. But it was it was incredible. That's one of like a million interesting, incredible things I was able to do. And I feel so, so fortunate and so full of gratitude for that time period. Well, you went ahead and opened the door there. I, I was going to ask you, I wasn't going to say, you know, who was your top three interviews or something like that, but you mentioned, you know, working with some people. So if you don't mind, you know, share a couple more stories uh, that really stick out for you looking back. Um, so many. One that is probably the most funny story would be um, at Mike Tyson's house right before a fight. And, you know, he goes off his meds right before a fight and he's a little wild. And Chris Myers, the Fox NFL um, host, he and I used to do a lot of interviews. Um, we had a series together where basically it was sit down interviews. And so this was going to be one of those. It was going to be a very long interview. Um, and so I had this great idea at the time. Wow, I'll just bring all these Sports Illustrated covers. I like had to go to the library or somewhere to find them. He's been on like 20. And so I thought I'll bring these all and we'll use it as sort of like um, a storytelling tool or technique to take us through his life. And so Chris loved the idea. He's sitting there. We're in the interview and um, it's the tape is rolling and all of his people are all around. It's just craziness. I can't even tell you. And he's going through these Sports Illustrated and he gets to the one with the ear. Everything was good right up to that Evander Holyfield one. And he freaks out. He stands up, pushes his chair. He yells some really bad words at Chris Myers. And he says, get the you know what out of my house. And at this point, I, I had, we had been together for a day or two and I, you know, I felt comfortable enough and I went up to him and I was like, Mike, Mike, this was my idea. It was not meant to be disrespectful, simply a way to tell your story. And he said, well, then you're a beep, 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 get out of my house. And so that's probably like the craziest story that I have. Um, as far as good stories, gosh, there's, there's just so many. Um, let me uh, let me help you out as yeah. a track guy. Love the Olympics. Anything from your five Olympics you can share? Now, so for Olympics, I was not in the field. I would do something called teases and opens and promos. So I would get all that beautiful footage into my edit bay and work with an incredible team of editors and put together the reason people should watch that night. Um, okay. The Olympics is a crazy, amazing um, experience to work it as a, as um, a producer is what I was doing. You're up 16 hour days, um, seeing the best footage, the most beautiful footage, telling the best stories. I mean, the Olympics is is one of my all time favorites, and and you always just feel being there like is, is super special. It just they bring together people from all different sports backgrounds and and different networks and you just feel like it's it's one of the most special things you can do and i i've always felt that way is you making me jealous uh just listening uh here um uh, you know again being a big uh, uh olympics guy we're going to take another break but when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the uh genesis of you know, your program, I love to watch you play. So for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Asia Mape, uh, the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. We're going to take a break, but stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thanks our, thank our friends at Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at the highest level at huddle. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle, go to huddle.com, join the 6 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thank you to wall of fame by vital signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Huddle will provide you with one of their interactive 
touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame or simply tell more compelling stories that's going to help showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to thank Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. They are the exclusive high school, state association information, and student-athlete clearance platform of the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, eligibility, and a whole lot more. Go to homecampus.com. Their staff is just waiting to work with you. That's homecampus.com. Welcome back, everyone, to our visit with Asia Mape, the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. Asia, you mentioned, uh, I think, on your website that, you know, your experience with your own daughters as a sports mom. Uh, and there were, I, I think, equal amounts of uh, victories and, and maybe challenges uh, that that kind of led you to creating I Love to Watch You Play. So kind of take our listeners through that experience. Uh, we really haven't focused before in our 400 plus interviews on the parent experience. So, you know, talk about that a little bit. Well, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, I had my three daughters and they were all playing sports and I thought I had a pretty good handle on it. I had been involved in sports my entire life in all different kinds of ways. Um, and so I was kind of surprised at how crazy, not just youth sports were, but how I was also becoming inside of youth sports. And a friend had reached out um, she was on air. I think I was telling you earlier as well from NFL network. And she said, let's do something around this. And so we, we thought about a name, you know, and there's a study by proactive um, and two guys who did a study, they interviewed hundreds of athletes and said, you know, what's the most, what's the main thing you want to hear from your parents. And it was always, I love to watch you play. It was that simple. And we thought that's going to be the name. That's what we're all about. And look, we started it. And to be honest, I thought I had a lot of great insight and information from all my years in sports. And I would be able to help parents more on the success side, because our, our slogan is, you know, helping parents raise happy, healthy, and successful athletes, the healthy side and the successful side. So I'm all about sleep and taking care of your body and you know, mental ways to perform or whatever. But really what I kind of came to find out the hard way was that there's so much work to be done on this other side, that happy side. Because really parents, I think, are the main drivers of creating. Um, of course, there's the money in the clubs and the this and the that. that but I, I talk to parents, so I focus on what we can do. And I think we are a big contributor to the reason there are so many kids quitting, that the craziness has got out of hand, that we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars, that like we've kind of lost our way. And, you know, I love talking to parents because I really like feel for them. I am one. I've been through there. I've walked in those shoes. I've made so many bad decisions. Um, and so I, I feel like we really need compassion for our parents and we don't need judging. We need to understand. And I think like when you really look at it and it's not just sports parents, right? It's like the parents of musicians and um, debaters and whatever our kids are doing, we bring this sort of energy to. So our world is sports, but it's parents doing whatever they're doing. Then you know, you add into it some of these younger parents with their first kids going through it and they don't have a lot of experience. You, you literally, it's been proven that scientifically our bodies change. Our biological chemistry changes when we're watching our kids play sports. And then you put on top of all these just sort of natural things about watching sports and you add the money that we're spending. And, you know, we, it's like, we want this ROI. We want this return of investment. And, you know, it's really easy to sort of fall into this trap of, and it, of, of getting angry and, and not, not making good decisions for our kids and taking the joy out of it, pushing them to feel so much pressure that so many quit. So, 
you know, I think that like, it's something that we can work on and we can change and we can move the needle on, but we have to be aware. And so I love to watch you play is really morphed into less of, although I still do write a ton of it because I'm very passionate about the health side and the success side, but more of this really happy. How do you keep your kid happy and playing sports as long as they can or want to? Um, and that's kind of really where I spend a lot of my energy these days. Yeah, well, uh, again, full disclosure, as uh, someone who spent 41 years as a teacher, a coach, an athletic director, um, our three kids, who are now all adults, uh, uh, they all did sports, and I think they had a great time. And and But looking back, I know that I was not the best sports dad to them that I could have been. And I coached all three of them at various points in their career. So uh, I, again, it's, I think we all know what a good sports parent should be. Uh, sometimes it's tough to do that. And, you know, you've been very candid in some of your posts about, um, I'll say maybe um, some of your missteps uh, in that parent role. So, I want to take a deeper dive in this. We're going to take another quick break and then we'll come back with some more. So listeners, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Sideline Interactive products uh, are just extremely versatile. Uh, probably one of the best purchases we ever made was our indoor score table from Sideline Interactive. We use it for Games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile and their customer service, just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, uh, schedule a, a live web demo and see their products in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to District One. Go to districtone.com, that's W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won when you see their custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You're never going to have to buy a complete set again when you just need one or two replacements. Go to district1.com. Click on the Team Gear button. You'll get a free quote. That's district1.com. We also want to thank our friends at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you run your program better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop. Go to snapraise.com. SnapRaise is by far the best fundraising program you can find. We used it at our school with great success, and so can you. But there's also Snap Store, Snap Connect, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. Check out the platform today. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, our guest is Asia Mape. He's a longtime journalist in the world of sports. Has covered, uh, you know, Olympics and the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, tons of events and stories. Um, also um, involved in sports as a mom, and now, as for the last several years, is the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. Uh, when in our last segment, you kind of went through the idea and the motivation behind starting it uh share with our listeners uh, that might not be familiar with it you know what is the website uh what are some of the resources and i'll, I'll be that you know grumpy old athletic director in florida you know why should they care <laughs> all right well <clears throat> you know it was started for the parents um and it really like you know our our saying is that we help you know, parents raise happy, healthy, and successful athletes. And that's really what it is. I think sometimes people get caught up on, you know, am I trying to just, you know, keep youth sports um, just for fun? And that's all there is around youth sports and creating content that just supports that path. Um, and I think what I've found really is that every family's and every person's path is different and every child's path is different. And there's nothing wrong with the athlete that wants to go on and try to play in college, right? And there's nothing wrong whatsoever with the athlete that plays for fun and doesn't have those dreams and everything in between. <clears throat> and so I've created the site and it's really 
you know, a lot of content video, some podcasting as well, mostly written content to help parents on this journey and to help each one of those different kinds of paths because there's no right or wrong path. The only thing that I sort of, um, I don't want to say preach, but like really sort of dig in about is it just has to be the child's path, right? Like you cannot make or force our own agendas or our concern about if they're going to get into a good college or not, and they need to play sports or if they're a starter or all of these things and all of this stuff that I spoke about earlier about how parents get caught up in all the money we're spending and time we're spending and then want this return of investment because really, and you know this, Jake, it's not about any of that stuff, right? There are so many character building traits that you learn as an athlete that the list is so long and comprehensive. And I think when we start to get away from those reasons, and those are all reasons too, that, that athletes are employed so much easier and people want former athletes. They know how to work in a team environment. They know how to handle failure. They know how to handle success. They know how to work with different types of people. They know how to handle winning and being gracious. There's so many lessons that sports teach our athletes along the way that if we can all just sort of remember that and look, if one of them really wants to go on to that next level, great. And if they don't, great. But really what it's all about is that because what, 2% go to play in college or something like that. Um, But look, I have one of those 2%. I have a daughter playing soccer at Ohio State right now. And so um, it's not that that, there's anything wrong or bad about that. And so I try to support parents um, in all these different paths, giving them information, insight, hopefully inspiration. And most importantly, I think has really been sharing my own experiences because I've done a lot of things wrong and learned a lot of hard lessons. And I think when you can talk to parents on a real level, I think sometimes some of these sites that are so amazing and are doing great work out there trying to, you know, give a lot of information, but when you don't connect with the parents and when you don't have that sort of, yeah, I've been there, I know what it's like to get caught up in knowing you want your kid to be a multi-sport athlete and knowing the the, the need to specialize, you know, and how do you handle that? Because I've been in that situation. So I think a lot of the content resonates because it's real and it's tried and true and tested and I've gone through it and made so many mistakes and continue to make a ton of mistakes. Well, you bring up a ton of great points. I'm going to go back to you were earlier saying that, you know, sports um, it really at any level uh, should be fun. There should be a fun aspect. You know, we enjoy doing this. Uh, you know, we go out to play. We don't go out to quote work. You know, uh, I love my job. I can tell listening to you, you loved being a journalist. So, Hey, it was fun. Was there some hard work? Yeah. But you also mentioned part of that whole process of getting better is failure. And, and athletes know this and coaches know this. I think sometimes parents, forget it. And they want to remove mm-hmm. all chance of failure because they don't want their kid to feel bad. And, and I get it. You know, I had three kids, I have three kids, but three kids that went through high school and college sports. So uh, I, I get it, but I think we need to figure out ways to help parents understand failure is part of it. And that's where those great coaches come in. You know, they help kids, they challenge them to be as be- as good as they can. And okay, you fail. Now we're going to come back. We're going to tweak some things and you're going to get better. It's growth. So appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Also, uh, and and I think I did a little bit, you know, we we're not perfect. Uh, You know, we we might be looked upon from those on the outside as experts. uh, And that might be true. That might not be true. But we are far from perfect. Uh, You know, I've made my mistakes with my own kids. uh, And you've been very candid about you know, at least one of uh, the missteps <laughs> that uh, you had. Can you share that story with our listeners who might not have read it on your website? Yeah, no, for sure. And that that's an article I wrote about my oldest daughter that you're referring to, and she was a water polo player. Um, and, I, you know, I think our oldest get a lot of our, um, you know, trial and error tested out on them, right? Um, and you know, I was already doing the site through a lot of that, which is a little bit um, maybe surprising for some people, but, you know, you really get caught up in 
you can kind of convince yourself of reasons why you're pushing and reasons why you're you're doing things that may not be in the best for the child. And we definitely found that with Piper, you know, and I think this is what happens with a lot of parents. She was really good at water polo and we put in a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of investment. She wanted to play on the Olympic team. She was on Olympic development team. She's a big, strong, athletic girl, um, chose her high school for water polo. You know, she was on this path, right? And at some point, she didn't want to do it anymore. And she changed her mind. And And I tell, it's it's this fine line, and I think I talked to a lot of parents about this, is there are points when kids don't want to do things, right? And they need a break, or they just need a little time off. And it's really kind of walking this fine line of figuring out, you know, how hard you push when they're in those moments when it's not really about giving up their sport, but they just see their friends going to the lake like you and I did, or, but it's, you know, and even that sometimes has to be, you know, allowed for and, and led by the, the kid, but it's like this delicate balance of supporting them, but allowing them to make their own choices, but also keeping them going, you know, with social media and so much technology these days and gaming, especially for boys, you're competing against so many different things, a lot of which isn't all that great all the time for the kids. And so as parents, we want to keep them in sports and keep them going. But I think what happens is that we get caught up on if they don't reach this goal or if they don't get to this point, then they're not succeeding. And that's just plain old wrong. People stop sports all the time for different reasons, different interests, you know, and I think we have to support their journey and we have to support their choices and we have to be knowledgeable about things we can do. I think it's just like any job, as you've said, hopefully it's more fun than work, but anything you're doing that much, sometimes you need a break. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your kid needs to quit. But when you start hearing them say, as my daughter did, that she was getting tired of it, that she was anxious from it, she got anxiety before she'd go to practices, that she wanted to spend more time doing art, you know, and we just kept thinking, oh, she's just being lazy. She doesn't, you know, she's good, or whatever, this time will pass, whatever, but we really didn't make any changes. We didn't listen to her enough, really. And, um, you know, looking back, would she have, had I done things differently, would she still be playing? I don't know. She loves art and she puts way more energy and time into it. Like, than she ever did water polo. So I think she's on the right path and made the right path. But I'll tell you what, Jake, is the hardest part is that it harms your relationship with your child if you don't get this right. And it harms your child. Your child shouldn't have anxiety going to practice just because of the practice. I'm saying if they have other issues they're dealing with and have anxiety, whatever, that's one thing. But you need to hear that and take it seriously and make changes. And whether that's sort of you know, in short term changes saying, hey, let's skip practice day and go get ice cream and go to the beach, you know, and just being a, a real not they're not robots, you know, um, David Epstein, the great authors wrote a lot of great sports books, I had him on for a podcast, and he said one of the most amazing things, you know, we're creating these, um, these 15 and 16 year old athletes, and then they're breaking down, they're literally peaking at 15 years old. And then their bodies break down and mentally they're breaking down. And I'm sure you and a lot of the ADs around have seen this happen where the kids mentally can't take it. The, pre the pressure on them between their parents, which is a lot of it, their coaches, their schoolwork, everything, it's just getting to be too much. And so, you know, the site has really become, you know, a way to advocate for parent for kids through their parents, which is let's ease back. Let's look at the long-term goals and picture here because we get caught up in that little middle of the road like what's happening right now he's not playing well oh my god let's get him to a trainer let's do this let's do this the it's a it's a very long journey and when you get caught up on those little things and are pressing on every little problem and issue it's just going to lead to burnout or bodies breaking down i mean it's unprecedented the amount of injuries in youth sports right now and these are long term issues for a lot of these kids some of them will have these issues, the same, the problems for the rest of their lives. Like it's, it's serious. The amount of work these kids are being asked to perform. It's this sort of professionalization of youth sports. Um, 
and you know they're not many olympians they're they're kids and so when especially under 13 that has to be the focus is fun fun and if they still want it they still like excited about it they want to reach certain goals you follow their lead and support them as best you can yeah uh again you hit it right on the head um it's kind of gotten out of control um you know i look at um you know high school uh sports season you know volleyball in florida uh it, it's pretty standard the varsity you, you play 25 games that can be tournaments etc but 25 total games same thing with basketball same thing with baseball um we have some youth programs where kids are playing pick your sport even soccer uh they're playing 50 80 games yeah. uh and they're 12 and 13 years old even younger uh and Maybe, maybe there's some training shoehorned in there, but uh, the overuse injuries uh, from all these games, uh, it, it's just crazy. And uh, yeah, again, I, I, I'll tell parents, you know, we love your kid. Uh, we want him to play on our teams, but if you want to do club, that's okay. You know, we, we still love your kid, but ask you, ask your kid. Okay. Um, do you want to go as opposed to, Hey, it's time to go. Uh, mm -hmm. and if they're saying, yeah, let's go, then no problem. But, uh, if there's any sort of hesitation, maybe they should be looking at something else. Um, I don't want this to be about me, but I've had many, many student athletes over my uh, career, probably the last 10 or 12 years, because that's when club was really going, um, that, you know, they were year round soccer, they were year round volleyball, whatever they were, they were year round. And maybe their junior or senior year, sometimes their senior year, they would try basketball or they would try mm -hmm. soccer. Or in many cases, they'd come out because uh, they had me as a weightlifting coach. They'd come out for track. And invariably, they would say, I wish I would have done this sooner. This has been the most fun I've ever had. And these were kids that they were great in their own sport. And many of them were also great in their second sport. <laughs> and sometimes they weren't. But they just had fun. They got a break yeah. from their their grind, and they made some new friends. And uh, I, I just ran into a girl uh, a couple months ago at a conference. She's an elementary school teacher now, but she was an elite volleyball player. She goes, Coach Foncher, and we started talking. She goes, The best time I ever had was that year I ran track for you. I just you know, so <laughs> um, you you want kids to look back, as you said, you know, on their young ex youth experiences, high school experiences. Uh, with fondness, fondness, not regret. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, you know, I don't know if I said this enough, but I, I, I think that it's important for people that are 80s and coaches and then parents to like understand that we all want the same thing. We all want or we should that for our kids to get the most out of sports and to be happy and to be healthy. And we just kind of lose our way. So I, I, I think that it's important to approach each other and approach parents, especially, you know, with some compassion and with some understanding of really like, it's hard, you know, and, and we were talking about earlier, it, it's not just sports parents, it's, it's any kind of parent. And no matter what their kids are in today, there's some sort of perfection thing that we're going through um and it's not it's almost across the board and so if you kind of understand where they're coming from you kind of get what's happening for them watching their kids and you can work with them a little bit better because i don't think like getting upset and judging and i'm not talking about the parents that are like causing fistfights and bringing guns and stuff but just your average sort of amount of crazy parent is, is usually coming from a place of love and wanting the best for their kids, you know? And I think if we try to remember that and work with them um, and teach them, you know, they need to be educated. They need, they need all this information that's floating around that you and I and everyone listening to this podcast um, knows, and they need it to be turned into knowledge instead of information that is sort of separate from them. They need to understand it in their hearts and their souls and live from it and live from a place of making these decisions that are good for their kid and not about all this other stuff that gets kind of get caught up in the way. Yeah. I, I'm going to steal that phrase that you just used. You know, we are talking, you know, you and I and, and others, we're talking to that average crazy parent. 
Uh, that's, that's a great term. Sorry. Uh, and again, looking at your website, which is just fantastic. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, you are very much a proponent of youth sports experience. And it says right on your website, we're here to help parents regain balance and sanity and help restore the joy, accomplishment, and core values derived from sports. Great, great stuff. So uh, let's go and talk about the, the website and what, um, you know, our parents or ADs that might be listening, what are they going to find there? Yeah, well, a lot of articles on every different subject. And if you search in that search bar, something that you're struggling with or want information on, you know, uh, uh, should pop up several articles on that area. And it can be anything, really. Um, there'll be podcasts, um, some videos. One one video that we've done um, is used now for the U.S. Um, Tennis Association and USA Volleyball to train their parents and all their coaches have to watch it. Um, and that's a really impactful video where we interviewed um, a lot of kids about the experience of their parents watching them play. Um, and I, I don't know too many people who watch that and aren't like deeply affected and at least the mood, needle moves a little bit when they watch that um, video. So that one I would particularly point out, you know, and then I'm starting up some education classes and some Zooms where we're going to be talking about a lot of the things that I go into on the website. And I'm kind of just getting that program rolled out. And I know one area that all the posts that go up about recruiting seem to be a really hot topic. And I think that it's a stress point. It's a pain point for parents of how to handle that. And of course, that's not for everyone that's visiting the site, but for those parents and families that are going through that, we're going to have a talk coming up here. Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but we're going to have a talk coming up soon um, about what's next. Like you've passed that deadline, you're a sophomore or junior, and now colleges can reach out, but you're not hearing from anybody. <laughs> So I'm going to get a good panel together with some coaches and recruiting people, but things like that, I'm going to be offering a lot more, even like, um, you know, we're going to have a talk on confidence and how to instill confidence in your children when they're playing sports and, you know, mindfulness techniques and different things like that. So, um, and speaking, you know, I, I was saying to you earlier, I think one of the best ways to make change and to really affect people is to to get in front of them and have discussions and have talks. So I'm really hoping to do a lot more of that um, in my my upcoming future. And I would love to talk to your ADs. So hopefully we can talk about how, how I might be able to do that because I think they're such a perfect partner for us and for parents on this journey. Because again, like I said, we all want the same thing. We want our kids to get the best and most, um, the best experience out of sports. So, Well, let's go and give out that contact information. We'll do it again at the end. But uh, the website, uh, I love to watch you play because there's a couple others that work with those words. I love to watch you play. <laughs> and then if somebody wants to reach out and pick your brain, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Um, it's really easy. Asia, A-S-I-A, and I love to watch you play dot com so um and on the website is all the information as well as well as all my social media handles we definitely we do a lot of a um, lot of engagement on facebook i have a pretty good following there where there's some good conversations come out of some of the posts and various things and instagram um all the the usual suspects twitter i think is is you said you found me on so we're we're across all those as well and all are found on um the website Right. Again, you need to check out the website listeners and, and Asia's right. She's got a very strong uh, social media game. Um, I wish we could do a lot more, but uh, we're kind of cramped for time a little bit, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now you're not an AD, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys who sponsored this particular segment. When we come back, and I challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So let's take that break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Asia Mape is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for their support and sponsoring the toolbox segment. 
Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they're also going to connect you with the 98% that really love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or student athlete or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that'll that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Asia Mape, former college athlete, longtime sports journalist, and award-winning sports journalist, and the founder of I Love to Watch You Play. Great resource. You really need to check it out. But right now, I'm going to task her with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So Asia, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Okay, I think one of the top ones would be a mindfulness practice. Um, I think in dealing with all the things ADs would need to deal with, and I've never been an AD, I can only imagine, but having a good mindfulness practice um, and also being able to teach that then to your coaches, to parents, to players, I just think that um, that's where really, really important. Um, Next would be the ability to the ability to communicate. Um, without that, it's you know it's night and day. And I've seen this so often more with coaches. They're a little bit more on the front line, but the athletic director's ability to talk to the coaches who then have to do this. The more you communicate up front, the way easier your job is going to be on the back end, right? Everything from, and not to fear us parents, you got to communicate with us too, because the more you communicate up front, the better off everyone will be. It takes a little time. It takes a little practice. Not a lot of people are comfortable or a lot of, a lot of people just don't like dealing with parents, but I think it's really important to get comfortable with that because it will make a huge difference. Um, and third would either be an audible or an Amazon, um, subscription because learning 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 knowledge I mean uh, so many books out there right to to read David Epstein as I mentioned Brene Braun like just so much good insight and information Carol Dweck like all these things about growth mindset and all the things that could help you do your job better and to share that kind of information with your coaches um, would be amazing and then Finally, if, if I could get a fourth, it would be, you know, my, the link to my website. I do think that um, a lot of what we have on there will give ADs and coaches not just um, help in their jobs, but help in understanding where the parents are coming from. And so, again, it, to my point about sort of being able to communicate with parents and, you know, you're at a school or ADs are usually at schools. A lot of club directors are on the site and everything. And. In, in those cases, it's more direct, but we are your clients. And in, in, in a certain way, we are your, your clients as well, right? You might not be at pub, private schools, but if you're thinking about serving, the kids are sort of who gets the service, but it's really the parents, um, especially in club situations, who are deciding, you know, if they want to continue with it. So, you know, dealing with us and communicating with us and, you know, going on this journey with us hand in hand is really important. So I think um, if you're on the site, you'll get a good glimpse of what it's like to be a sports parent and, you know, how to better do all of that with us. Uh, you probably saw me scribbling down those uh, tools. Great, great suggestions. I love the audible book uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, thing. You know, we always talk about reading and, you know, be, be a lifelong learner, but uh, you might be the first one to mention, you know, the audio book. <laughs> uh, I walk my dogs. I have to kill two birds with this one stone and I listen to my books. So that's how I do it or driving uh, places. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of, a lot of our listeners say they listen to it, uh, listen to the podcasts, uh, you know, on their headphones <laughs> or, or that sort of thing. 
Asia, this has just been great. And again, I wish we had a lot more time. Um, once again, if the listeners want to find out more, what's the website and how do they reach out to connect with you? So it's, I love to watch you play all written out full words.com and all the social media handles are on there. And then directly anybody can email me at Asia at I love to watch you play.com. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, I'm going to figure out a way to get you back on the podcast because I, I think you're just a tremendous resource um, to our listeners. We appreciate you listening as well. Uh, you know that we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.